Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests this year on the Goodyear Hotline, and welcome to the first day of the rest of our lives. I am delighted to be here in my new time slot. We'll be with you every day, uh, coast to coast here, starting for two hours of sports conversation and fun. And I promise that we will take it as seriously as it deserves to be taken, which in my opinion is completely disproportionately to how important this stuff really is. So I'm thrilled to be back here, thrilled to be with you, and I'm glad that you are along for the ride. We're going to be very busy coming up today. The guest list is outstanding. We've got... Bruce Arians coming up today. We've got Pat McAfee coming up today. We've got Marcus Spears coming up today. The question of the day is a little bit off the beaten path. All that and more is on the way. So, Bubba, let's get this thing started. Here we go! go, go. Only one place to start. All right, there's only one place to begin, and that is with the comments made by Joe Judge, the head football coach of the New York Football Giants Yesterday, um, we played it in an entirety for you on TV this morning on Get Up. I'm going to play you an abridged version of it here, but this is Joe Judge, coach of the Giants, whose team was left out of the playoffs, at least in part, because Doug Peterson decided to tank the fourth quarter of a game on Sunday, which pay no attention to what anyone else is telling you. That's what happened. Whether the Giants have a right to feel aggrieved or not is a separate conversation. But that a game was tanked, that a game was given away, that the competitive integrity of a National Football League game was completely altered by decisions that were made within the game, not by the front office unless they were demanding it of the coach, but by the coaching staff itself. That's what happened on Sunday, which is why I have zero issue with Joe Judge when he said this. There's a number of sacrifices been made by all the players and coaches in this league. There's a number of sacrifices that come along as well with the family members of the people connected to them. To disrespect the effort that everyone put forward to make this season a success for the National Football League, to disrespect the game by going out there and not competing for 60 minutes and doing everything you can to help those players win, we will never do that as long as I'm the head coach of the New York Giants. And that was just a piece of a much longer soliloquy, which we just didn't want to take the time to play you all of here. But at the end of the day, the message is this. With what everybody sacrificed and what everyone put into this thing, I have zero issue with anyone feeling aggrieved by the nonsense that we saw from the Eagles on that field on Sunday night. If you were with me yesterday, and again, we were on at a different time, so I'm going to assume that perhaps this is the first time you've heard me address this. For Doug Peterson to get up there after that game and say he just wanted to get Nate Sudfeld some snaps because he had been there four years, like he was a high school senior and it was senior day and his parents were there to see him and say let's let him at least get out there on the field so they can take a picture of it and see it forever this is professional football with everything in the world hanging in the balance and everyone knew it there is absolutely nothing that is equivalent between what the Eagles did and what the Steelers did if I hear one more person say, well, the Steelers didn't play Ben Roethlisberger on Sunday, I'm going to smash my head into one of the brick walls we have here in our studios at the South Street Seaport. Because those two things have nothing to do with each other. The Steelers are trying to win a championship this year. No one can quarrel with that decision. The Eagles, candidly, were trying to move up in draft position by taking their quarterback off the field leading off the fourth quarter the other night. And that, to me, is inexcusable. Inexcusable. They didn't play to win the game. Herman Edwards famously said, you play to win the game. The Eagles, don't tell the Eagles that. Don't tell Doug Peterson that. 
How do you think he could face Jason Kelsey now in that locker room after Kelsey spent an hour crying in front of the media two weeks ago about how winning is the only thing that matters? So Doug Peterson doesn't have to care, nor should he care what Joe Judge thinks. That's not his problem. You know what he should care? He should care what his players think. He got summarily criticized in a lot of places earlier this year, Peterson did, for playing for a tie. You know what? A tie helps you try to win a championship. A tie is better than a loss. The nonsense of the other night was, I thought, an affront to the game, an absolute embarrassment to the game. And when I watch Matt Stafford running around out there with his team at 5-10 and 10, the last week of the season with three different injuries that had him on the injury list, he was listed as questionable, and he probably shouldn't have been playing in a quote-unquote meaningless game. But you know what? In the NFL, they're not meaningless. That's one of the things that makes the NFL so great. And the Eagles absolutely interfered with that. So I do not want to hear under any circumstances that this was equivalent to what New Orleans did, that this was equivalent to what Pittsburgh did. Those things are not even remotely similar. They're not in the same, they're not in the same neighborhood. And so we'll make that straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. What happened on Sunday night was something that you should be aggravated by. Now, are the Giants the team to complain about it? To me, this was an affront to the entire process to the entire in- integrity of the entire process. The Giants sitting at 6-10 and 10 are not the perfect group to be making those complaints. And that's a point that Michael Irvin was making when he was talking about it. Even if Dallas had won and that game happened and it happened like that, I don't want to hear anything from the Cowboy players. I don't want to hear, I don't mind fans doing what they do because that's what a fan is. That's a fan's outlet. That's the only answer a fan has is allow his voice to be heard. But if you are a damn player, you had 16 times to make a statement. Shut your mouth right now. If you didn't do it during this season, shut up talking about Philly didn't do you a favor by winning the damn game. When you had 16 damn games, you could have made a statement then. Shut up, please. That's all I'm saying. Now, I'll say this, and I love Michael. I've known Michael for 15 years, and he's the best, and I love that he takes that position because no one gives it to you straight like he does. But I will say this. That's easy to say when you're retired. That's a very easy position to take when it doesn't affect you. And it doesn't matter that whether it affected the Cowboys or not because these aren't his Cowboys. But if that had happened to him his second year in the league, when the Cowboys were on the come, they started that 1-15 that first year with Aikman. And then the second year, they started getting good. And if they had missed out on the playoffs because someone who had nothing to play for decided to rest all their best players and actually bench their quarterback in the fourth quarter, I have a feeling Michael might have had a little different position. I think we might have heard slightly different things from him and from a lot of the people that I'm talking to today. I'd, I'd like to hear Marcus Spears or Jeff Saturday with whom I just argued loudly on television for two hours. I'd like to have heard them in that position. Because it's very easy to say, well, we had to control our business when it doesn't affect you anymore. You know, you have a whole game. You know what it reminds me of? Sometimes these games, at the end, a terrible call will be made, and that call will go a long way towards deciding the outcome. And you will hear people sometimes say, you know, that one call didn't decide it. You had 59 minutes to otherwise win that football game. You know what? When one call costs you a game, then that one call is what you're upset about. And every player in that locker room is upset about it, and they rip up the letter of apology they get from the league. And that's what I would look at here. So I am totally on Joe Judge's side 
100% on the side of any giant who wants to be upset with this, any giant fan who wants to be upset with this, and frankly, anyone who loves the sport who wants to be upset with this. Because one of the things that makes football great is that we don't do this, that every game matters. And for the Eagles to treat that game with no postseason opportunity as though it didn't matter, frankly, to me, was a disgrace. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. We're just getting started. I promise we're going to have some laughs today. In fact, that's where we're going next. I have a very carefully handpicked my first guest in my, two, my new time slot because he is as much fun as anyone I know. Greeny, the podcast. Brainstorm. What is something that works so well that it's basically magic? Air conditioning? Noise-canceling headphones? Meeting-free Fridays? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to all other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash greenie, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash greenie now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash greenie. Back and better than ever, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. In my new time slot here, I welcome you one and all, and I promise that we are going to have great fun going forward here talking about sports. And great fun was sort of the operative guiding principle that I had as I considered, who do I want to be my first guest as I move to this new time slot? Well, there's no one more fun, I think, in this entire industry right now than my friend Pat McAfee, who hosts the Pat McAfee Show, which is appropriately named. And he joins me now on the Goodyear Hotline. Happy New Year, Pat McAfee. Happy New Year, Greeny. It is an absolute honor to be your first guest on your first show at the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time block. And I will let you know this. You're replacing, obviously, an institution. Dan Lebator don't do his own thing. But you, in your handsome suits, in your incredible shoes, in your big-ass Northwestern brain, are going to be electrifying for these two hours. I don't know how you're going to do get up straight into this show like six months from now, but that's why you're in two Hall of Fames. But thanks for the opportunity. Uh, you're the best, dude. Well, this is exactly why I wanted you to be my first guest here, because you, I knew you would say things exactly like that. All right. I have a limited amount of time, so let's jump right into it. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? Uh, Aaron Rodgers, but potentially the Kansas City Chiefs as well. I, I think right now the Kansas City Chiefs are a team. We all know this, obviously. They, yet, they didn't cover at all this year, okay? So they cost us all a lot of money. 
All right, they cost us all a lot of money betting on the Chiefs, but they can turn it on anytime they want. If you go back to the playoffs, obviously, down 20, down 10, down 14, even in the Super Bowl, they were able to make a play whenever they had to. So it's hard not to pick the Kansas City Chiefs. But also, there's a guy named Aaron Rodgers who's over there in the middle of Wisconsin, cold as hell, beautiful house, I'd assume. He's about to win another MVP. He wears long johns underneath his jersey, and everybody in the NFC is going to have to go through Lambeau. He's playing at a different level right now. going to be hard to bet against him, especially because he's one of my best friends now at this point. Uh, so I think it's either, obviously, the Chiefs or the Packers, but those are the two number one seeds, so it's not an incredibly hot take. But I also like the Bills, potentially. I like what they're doing in the AFC. Look out for the Washington football team to maybe win a game against the Buccaneers. The playoffs are about to be immaculate, Greeny. How did you get to be such good friends with Aaron Rodgers? Anyone who watches or listens to your show or just follows you on social media, he seems to be on practically every day. How did you and Aaron Rodgers develop this relationship? Well, thanks for the shout out there. And thanks for following along on social media. I have too many followers. Too much of me is not that good. But um, Aaron Rodgers Tuesday is something that was birthed down in the Bahamas during a golf tournament, in which I was invited by Aaron Rodgers to play on the NFL's team to take on the NBA. The NBA had Chris Paul, uh, J.R. Smith, Ray Allen. We had Aaron Rodgers, myself, obviously, Josh Scobie, among Brett Favre was down there. And uh, I had a couple cocktails, told some stories. And for one reason or another, I guess Aaron enjoyed my company and we continued the conversation. And every single year, a lot of local radio stations do, you know, something with like a star player. It's Tom Brady had one up in New England with Boston with some local radio show up there. I had one here in Indianapolis with Bob and Tom. And I pitched the idea to Aaron is instead of doing a local radio show every Tuesday, I don't know if you do that. Why don't you come do a very dumb Internet show every single week with us? <laughs> he obviously said yes. And the conversations that he has given us with the insight looking into the brain of a man who's a goat in this sport and also going to win the MVP has been magical. And I appreciate you for following along. And he'll be joining us today, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, going into his bye week. I'm assuming it'll be a good conversation. I I agree. And I I always find it fascinating because you do get a good insight into how he became him. And, and what can you tell us, because I was one of many who was enraged when the Packers did unto him what they did, which is drafting his replacement in the first round, who was potentially now turned into the scout team quarterback, and then not getting him any more help than they did, and he has just basically put them on his shoulders all by himself and carried them to an enormous season. What is your sense, knowing him as you do, of what his future looks like beyond this season and next? You know, it's very interesting because Aaron, although he and I have recorded conversations for an hour every single Tuesday, we don't talk much outside of that, right? So I don't really know him and his feelings towards situations because I don't want to ask him because I don't have a great filter, okay? If it gets in here, it's coming out of my mouth. So I don't want to know things. Like, for instance, Adam Vinatieri is one of my best friends, but when the conversation started popping off about, you know, what he was going to do last year, I didn't want to ask because I don't want to be put in the position to say what I know, which is what my, you know, I think listeners are expecting of me is complete transparency. So I don't know how Aaron reacted to the Jordan Love draft pick at the time. I will tell you, my show, we have a guy named Ty Schmidt. He's one of the owners of the Packers, okay? Diehard Packers fan, diehard Aaron Rodgers fan. And immediately upon them drafting Jordan Love, He obviously swore loudly 
on our broadcast because we didn't get, they didn't get anybody to stop the run, which they gave up 186 yards before contact against the 49ers in the NFC Championship game. They didn't give them any other weapons. They didn't really do anything to take the team from the NFC Championship to the Super Bowl. They were obviously preparing for the future, so he's upset about that. But his immediate reaction afterwards, and I'd assume this is a lot of people's reaction as soon as they saw it happen, if they know Aaron Rodgers was, okay, we're going to go on a spite year, okay? He's about to burn the world down. Everybody on your network, Greeny, was talking about how he was bad at football last year. The internet was saying Jordan loves the future. This is a smart pick. I even heard Dane or Slavsky say that this was a smart pick for the future. And everybody knew that knows Aaron knew he was going to gobble those things down and have a spite year. And he's just absolutely been on fire. It's immaculate. He's like Bob Ross painting whenever he's on the football field right now. I don't know what the future holds, but if you're Green Bay, you should probably try to lock him up for about a lifetime deal. I know I would, uh, but I'm not good to kids, obviously. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I said that he was going to go on a scorched earth tour, and that's exactly what he's done. And maybe the best thing he could do is win a Super Bowl and then leave. Just walk away based upon that and go find someplace else and go back and beat them the way Favre once did. Okay, one more thing for you. Pat McAfee with me here on ESPN Radio. I do a thing called Tell Me a Story. And when I say I do a thing, I mean it's something I'm going to start doing now. I've never done it before, so this will be our first time. And candidly, if it goes very badly, we may shelve it. But I'm going to ask you, tell me a story about playing with Peyton Manning. I, I find him fascinating in many of the similar ways that I find Aaron Rodgers. You were on those Colts teams with him. Tell me a story about what it's like playing with Peyton Manning. You know, there's a lot of documented stories that I've told about my friendship with Peyton Manning, whether it's the casino uh, visit where he took me on a golf trip. He took a bunch of us on a golf trip, and I should have never been invited on that golf trip. And uh, to get to our hotel, you had to walk through the casino floor, basically, and then get up the escalators to our hotel. It was down in French Lick, Indiana, the home of obviously the hick from French Lick, Larry Bird. So we go down there and everybody knows this story. We want golfing. As we get off the bus after we go get dinner, there's a bunch of people sitting outside because they heard Peyton was there. Uh, and I was able to just kind of mingle through. I, I was the first person off the bus. This is when I was a rookie. Nobody had a clue who I was. Who's the little round white guy that just got off of Peyton Manning's bus? <laughs> nobody knew. So I walked through the casino uh, and there's a, uh, a roulette table sitting there. I stop by. I start getting, I get some money, obviously. I was going to go ahead and have a nightcap at the roulette table. Peyton comes in like 10, 15 minutes later. He walks by because he was signing autographs for everybody. He kind of looks over my shoulder and goes, how about that red 18, Pat? And then he kind of just walks away, okay? So I obviously move all my money to red 18. Everybody at the table moves their money to red 18. And lo and behold, red 18 hits, okay? So it's just like the storybook movie of Peyton Manning's life. He leaves. He walks off. He didn't even know what happened. Everybody at the table gets rich. Everybody starts yelling like, oh, my God. Jesus Christ himself walked in the <laughs> casino and told us to bet on red 18 and we hit red 18. Okay. So everybody knows that story. I told him the next morning, like, Hey, you know, whenever you said red 18, it hit everybody at the table was very happy went crazy. He said, yeah, you know, but I think the big thing about being friends with Peyton and getting your chances to be a teammate with Peyton was you just watch him work. It was just, it was unbelievable. You know how they always make up those, those fake cliches about people that they want to make them sound good. They go like first one in, last one out. And when he's not doing something, he's running sprints. So he gets... Peyton was legitimately that. He was everything. And I'll never forget back uh, my rookie year at that point. I thought, I thought we had become friends. I was like, I think we're pretty friendly at this point. He's way too nice to me. I think he enjoys the way I chug beers, the way I tell stories, the way I interact with people, my energy. It was very nice of him. And we were like going into like week 13, maybe week 14. We were completely undefeated at that point. And I accidentally, I accidentally posed a question to him. You know, it was at lunch. I was like, hey, Payne, when do you start preparing, like, for off-season? You know, when do you start scheduling trips? And I've never seen him so serious. He just looked at me, 
and he said, when we lose our last game, Pat, that's when you start preparing for the offseason. And then he just walked away, and I was like, all right, never going to ask that question again. We obviously went to the Super Bowl, lost to Drew Brees and his dumb baby, and by the time that happened, I didn't have uh, – you know, any specials or discounts on the trips that I wanted to make the next week. So I obviously got overcharged. But I think just getting a chance to hang around him, both from having a couple beers with him versus watching him work, uh, I was incredibly lucky. And although we played nowhere near the same position, I think he had a profound effect on what my career would eventually become. McAfee, it is always fun. Thank you. You know, I'm proud of you. And we will catch up again soon. Have a great show today. I'll see you soon. Hey, Greeny, I'm proud of you too, man. Look at you getting a radio show at 10 a.m. Look at you, man. Thank you, Greeny. Thanks for having me. Tell the wife I said hello. Cheers. Good luck on this venture at 10 a.m., pal. Will do. Thank you, my man. That's Pat McAfee with me here. I'll take a quick break. The head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Bruce Arians, joins me live next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Grainy rolling along with you at half past the hour. Delighted that you are here with me in this new spot. And I quickly, as we wait for Bruce Arians to come, it was all so rushed and crazy at the beginning here and we will get used to it we come off television and 60 seconds later we're on here and it's going to work out great um but i have a moment here just to offer my congratulations and best wishes to my friends dan lebitard and Stu Gotts, um who i have known i've known lebitard for 20 years i've known Stu Gotts for probably half that time um and yesterday as you know was their last show and today we move into their spot here And I will tell you that I listened to their show on my drive home from Mike and Mike pretty much every single day for years, however many years that was. Um, And I got the show, if you will. And and anyone who listened to them knows what I mean by that. Um, You know, and things change and time goes on and those guys are going to do great and they will remain friends. And I wish them nothing but the best. And what I would say to you, if you were a huge fan of theirs, is that I was too. I am too. And I hope you'll give this show a chance. We do things very differently, but we will have a lot of fun. I promise you. We will take ourselves very seriously, and we will take sports even more seriously. And it'll be a lot of fun as we go. Uh, Meanwhile, we're waiting for Bruce Arians here, the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who had one of the most interesting seasons of any team in the National Football League. And all of it can be summed up in two words, and those words are Tom Brady. 
and we monitored the ups and the downs. We took their temperature. It felt like pretty much every quarter, much less every week. And we'll see what they're ultimately able to be. So someone tell me if we think we're going to get him or if I should move on to something else here um, as, as I have a bunch of other things that I could jump to, but I'm hoping that we will have Bruce Arians. So someone give me a, a quick note here as to whether I should move on to some other stuff, um, and I will make that determination. All right, we're checking one minute. So let me move on to something else, and let's just see what winds up happening here. You know, when we talk about coaching in the National Football League, There are two college coaches that everyone is suddenly talking about. And it is fascinating to me, or will be at least fascinating, to see how that winds up playing out. One of them is Jim Harbaugh, and the other is Urban Meyer. Now, life comes at you fast. Harbaugh was a guy that people were knocking each other over to try and hire two or three years ago. Remember Miami basically tried to walk away from a coach they had just hired about 15 minutes earlier? to try and bring Harbaugh down to Miami. He was as hot a commodity as you could possibly be after leaving San Francisco and then after one year in Ann Arbor. That first year where it certainly felt to me as though that was a team on the verge. He was about to have them there. They got a bad call in that Ohio State game. Otherwise, they would have been in the college football playoff. I've known Jim since he was the quarterback of the Bears, and I covered that team in the early 90s. And I will admit that I am absolutely stunned at what has happened, or more to the point, what hasn't happened in Ann Arbor. I've been one saying for a while, the expectations have been unrealistic, and I stand by that. If you're expecting him to make Michigan into what Ohio State is, then your problem is your expectation, not his performance. But this past year, there was just no other way about it. Jim wanted to play. He was, it was critical to him to play, and that team has taken a step backward to the point that it feels to me now, like at least if you listen to the people who cover this stuff for a living— that what we are finding is Jim is interested in the NFL, and the NFL might not be as interested in him. The Chargers? Maybe. The Jets? Maybe. I don't think so. And if you would ask me to bet on what the different things... I'm sorry, Bob, I can't understand what you just said in my ear, so please say it again. Okay, Bruce Arians is there, so we will bring him in now. It is my pleasure to welcome in for a moment here the head football coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Bruce Arians, who joins us on the Goodyear Hotline. Goodyear helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. Coach Arians, thank you very much for the time. How are you today? I'm doing great, Green. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, thanks. And there's so many places I'd like to go with you. Let's jump to as many as we can. Let's start with the newsy piece of this. Your receiver, Mike Evans, got hurt in the game on Sunday. Uh, it's a hyperextended knee, and we're all waiting to see. What can you tell us about the possibility he plays this weekend? Yeah, there's a possibility. That's going to be a day-to-day thing. We hope to get him out on the practice field Thursday uh, to see what he can do before we take off to the game. And so with that thought in mind, what role – do, have you seen Antonio Brown take for this team? There was so much attention, of course, for all the obvious reasons placed to your signing him when you did. And now there he was coming up with by far his biggest game after Evans got hurt on Sunday. How does he fit into that, Antonio, with Mike Evans being hurt? Yeah, he'd be our number two guy. You know, Chris Godwin and Antonio, we're very, very blessed to have those two guys um, to start and for us. If Mike couldn't go to both pro bowl caliber players and, uh, you know, that was really the reason we went out and got Antonio. Was um, Chris was hurt at the time. Mike was playing on a bad leg. And, you know, you can't have enough depth, that's for sure. Yeah, but he's more than depth, obviously, right? I mean, Antonio Brown at his best is, is a better player than that. How, how would you describe what well, you've been coaching offense a long time? What is he on your team right now? 
Yeah, he's a he's a he's a he's a three that's playing like a one. You know, uh, he normally plays on three wide receiver sets. Now he'll he'll also start if Mike can't go, and uh, and he's got his stride. I mean, he's playing. I think he's back in football shape and playing at a high high level right now. Bruce Arians, head coach of the Buccaneers, with me on ESPN Radio. I, I said at the beginning of the show that there was no team that was more interesting this entire season than yours. And and the obvious reason for that is Tom Brady, the legend who's been there. And I feel like we've taken his temperature and your team's temperature, not even every week, almost every quarter. How would you describe where you are right now at the end of this season going into the playoffs? Yeah, they were in a great, great place. I think after the bye week, um, you know, we, we, we did a a bunch of research and, uh, and we've been hitting our stride. Uh, people want to say we haven't played anybody, but the Atlanta Falcons are a heck of a football team, I think. Um, so, I, you know, he's playing really, really, really good right now. And uh, and the guys around him, our offensive line, is giving him time. And, uh, you know, so this will be a big, big game for us, especially with that defensive front of Washington. When you did that research at that bye week, because it came so late in the season, you'd already played 12 games. What did you find? What, what did you What did you see when you looked at what your team had been? Well, I think our quick passing game was solid. Our running game was uh, 50-50. So we had, to, we had to deliberately cut down the number of runs and do what we do best, uh, and then to play action off of those runs. But I think the biggest thing is uh, get into attack mode. You know, not field player teams out, get into the attack mode right off the bat, and and it's paid off for us. But you have a fascinating game this weekend because you have Tom Brady, who was drafted into the National Football League one year after Chase Young was born. And here comes this star, this dynamic young star, Chase Young, running off the field the other day saying he wants Tom Brady. What was your reaction to that? I think the offensive line enjoyed it, you know, um, He's a, he's a heck, he's a great player, and uh, you know he's he's got a lot of enthusiasm. And uh, why wouldn't he? I mean, uh, we uh, we didn't take anything um, by it. Uh, so it's uh, he's a heck of a young player, and hopefully uh, our guys can uh, protect him. Well, you know, I, I asked your guy Jeff Saturday was it with me on TV this morning. I know you coached him for years, and he said, "I promise you, Greeny, the minute that they heard that Tom Brady's sending that to all the offensive linemen, he's he that is going to be a, a thing to get guys going." Did you see that? Yeah, well, I don't know if he sent it to him, but it was obviously a talk in the locker room this morning. Yeah, and, and and so what is your give me a sense of what this week is like here, Coach? I have such a limited time, and I apologize, but what is this week like for you as you get set for this game, a playoff game at Washington? You're playing at a seven and nine team. Give us a quick sense of what this week is like. Yeah, so you know it's coming off a short week for us, so we'll have a walk through the day and get our normal practices Wednesday, Thursday, fly up there. But we're not playing a seven and nine team. We're playing a four and one team. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Alex Smith plays, they're a four and one team, and, and their turnover differential is a plus three. So we're not playing Dwayne Haskins; we're playing Alex Smith. Mm. Oh, Bruce Arians is with me, and again, I should mention that you're with us today on behalf of the Arians Family Foundation and the work that it does. What can you tell us? Yeah, I mean, it's for at youth risk, and we've we've partnered with Rivals.com. Uh, you can play and make make predictions during the game, donate to the foundation, win exclusive prizes. You know, and uh, it's a lot of fun. It's at arians.rivalsmedia.com. And, Greeny, you should get jump on there and be a celebrity leaderboard this week. Well, if you need something, you let me know. I, seriously, we'll put you on hold here, and someone will talk to you. I will be more than happy to help out if I can. Coach, thank you for the time. I'm, I'm sorry it was limited here. But best of luck this weekend. We'll be watching. 
three. Thank you, guys. All right, take care. That's Bruce Arians, head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There's a bunch there I want to react to. I will. And also coming up as we continue, I'm going to say the last thing you ever expected to hear anyone say about one of the most popular sporting events in our nation. And I'll say it because I'm absolutely right. Greeny, the podcast. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. This is ESPN Radio. My name is Greeny. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. You could save big when you bundle your auto, your home, your motorcycle, RV, or boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Dot com. My thanks to Bruce Arians for spending a few minutes with me here, coach of the Buccaneers, a team that, you know, look, I'll admit it. I took their temperature every single week here on the air. And, you know, someone said an interesting thing to me while I was on vacation last week and I was watching them play and they just look so much better. And they said a team in particular, one that is thrown together the way this one was during this offseason should not be watched that way. You should not be scrutinizing them as closely as you are because they're figuring it out as they go. They didn't have an offseason. They didn't have a preseason. Tom Brady and Bruce Arians may have played golf together for the first time right around the time the season began, and they're bringing in new pieces and new places and running an old new thing and trying to figure everything out. And they've gone from Jameis Winston as their quarterback to Tom Brady as your quarterback, and you couldn't have two more different styles of play much less anything else. So that sort of stopped me in my tracks a little bit, and I realized, look, I've been incredibly hard on them all year long. But in the end, the destination was to get where they are right now. And if you step back and look at it, 11-5, and going into the playoffs hot, it's pretty good. If you had told us before the season began that's what it was going to be, Brady's first year, especially under the, the, the particular circumstances of the pandemic, I think we would have said that's a pretty good year. So they took a circuitous route. They took the road less travel to get here. But in the end, I think it actually has worked out pretty well. And if there's anybody I could see going into Lambeau Field and beating Rodgers this year, it's them. I don't expect it. But if that game was going to be played, let's put it this way. The weather might have a lot to do with it. Brady at 43, I just don't know that negative seven is going to work for him. If everyone's face looked like Tom Coughlin's face looked in the NFC Championship game that year, I don't think that works for a 43-year-old quarterback. But if you get lucky on the weather, and this game would be in a couple of weeks most likely, you get lucky on the weather at Lambeau Field, I give Brady and the Bucks a puncher's chance. I give them as good a chance as anyone of going into Lambeau Field and beating Aaron Rodgers. We will see. We'll talk to Marcus Spears about it. He'll join us coming up shortly. But right now, I need to say the last thing in the world you were expecting to hear. Mine is that sort of rare genius that will not be fully appreciated until long after after its time. time. The genius, you said? Your genius. He's genius, eh? We're not going to appreciate your brilliance until you're gone. Brilliant. That's right, Charles Barkley. Thank you very much. And here's what I'm going to tell you. When the pandemic began on the TV show Get Up, we started a file 
as we had to move everything around. We had to start doing all things differently, as everyone has. All of us in practically any field or endeavor, our lives have been turned to some degree upside down by this, and we've all adapted and adjusted. And I said to the group at some point as we were doing the show, and it was going along pretty well, I said, we should keep a file, and that file should be titled, Why Weren't We Doing This Anyway? And I've been fascinated by that concept as we've watched this thing go along. And I was reminded of it yesterday when the NCAA made the announcement that they're going to play the entire tournament this year. The entire NCAA men's basketball tournament is all going to be played in and around Indianapolis. They will play all the games either in Indianapolis or in the surrounding area. Everyone will generally be in one bubble, if you will. It won't be a bubble, but they'll all be in one general place. And the entire tournament will be played there rather than scattering it to the winds and playing in Spokane and in Charlotte and in all these other places where they usually play. And do you know what thought I had yesterday? Why don't they do that anyway? When I watch these games, why are they being played all over the country? Why are these players being flown all over the place to play in usually three quarters empty arenas? I don't understand it. Have you watched these games? Have you been to one? There's nobody there. These first and second round games are just as frequently. I don't know if we could look this up, but what the general and over the last 10 years, what the general attendance has been at these first round sites. Sometimes I think it's an eyesore. It looks bad on CBS and true TV and all those places. And don't get me wrong. I love the NCAA tournament. I think it's as good a sporting event as we have in the United States. It's a terrible way to pick a champion. But it is a phenomenal sporting event. But I wonder, maybe it would be better if we just always played it in one place. I'm not sure why everyone needs to be flying around all over the place. That seems very inefficient. It seems very unnecessarily expensive. If you're a player on any team, they're not giving you the benefit of home court advantage no matter what happens. So it's not like you can say, well, if you're UCLA, you'd rather play in Spokane than in Indianapolis. What difference does it make? And you can move around where it is every year like they do the Super Bowl or even like they do the Final Four. But just put it in one place and let everyone go there. I think it would be a lot less expensive. I don't think it would make any difference to those of us watching it on television. And I think it would be easier and better. And frankly, if you knew where it was going to be well in advance, then I think you would actually have more people in the stands. Because I remember the one year we made it, when Northwestern made it, I was waiting until Sunday to find out what city we're going to. And now I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to get to Salt Lake City on a Sunday. or you know, the, when, when the, the selection Sunday comes out, I find out I'm going to Salt Lake City, and i got to be there Thursday. It would be a lot easier if you knew way in advance the games are going to be in Indianapolis this year. Then they're going to be in New Orleans that year. Then they're going to be in Los Angeles the following year. So it seems to me there's no obvious reason, unless I'm missing something, why they should be moving this thing around into all these different places as they do now anyway. That's what I think. And if you disagree, I will merely say again, mine is that rare genius that will not be fully appreciated until long after my time. Marcus Spears on the way in our next hour on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast.